Hello, welcome back to True Crime Archives. Hi, Dad. Hey, what's up? What are we talking about this week? A cold case that was solved. A cold case that was just recently solved. Mm -hmm. Like the press release came out literally like a couple weeks ago. Another case from Massachusetts, my state. Yes, (laughs) that seems to be a fun trend. So this was 1984, Mm -hmm. 13th February 1984. We are talking about 59-year-old Virginia Hannon. She was a widow who lived alone and had been working as a lunch lady at Bryantville Elementary School in Pembroke, Massachusetts, until she received an inheritance of $380,000 from her aunt and decided to retire. She is remembered fondly as someone who would bake for the children in her neighborhood and look after the stray animals. Her neighbors described her as nice as she would confide in people she had just met and had been seen talking about her inheritance she received to several people around the town. On Saturday, February 13th, 1984, Virginia went to Mass at St. Joseph's Church with her friend Dolly Harmouth. After Mass, they went to dinner in Halifax at BR's restaurant. And then Dolly takes Virginia back home. That Monday, she is found murdered in her home on West Street by her stepfather's housekeeper. When police arrive, they originally think that Virginia has died from natural causes as she is lying in bed with a sheet over her. Quickly, they realize that she had been beaten, stabbed, and strangled to death. Evidence was collected from the scene, and over 50 people were interviewed. Robbery seemed to be the motive, but this case would go cold, as we mentioned, and stay that way for 37 years. So it's been 37 years. Yeah. I don't understand. So uh, I read the police report uh, from the day they responded, mm-hmm. and they were talking about how the medical examiner saying that there's no doubt that there's no doubt of what happened. So there was blood, um, scratches, and bruises, and, and things. So I, I don't know where that report comes from. You know, they they said, um, "Oh, we weren't sure at first. Yeah. You know? I think I don't think they noticed like there mm-hmm. was a broken door. I think the back door was broken. I don't think they noticed that. I think they just went straight into her room, and like the sheet was over her. Oh yeah, that's so, right. So this is right. This is what happened. So yeah, this is like the first responder, right? Female body in the back bedroom, lying on the bed under the sh- uh, under the covers. The blanket was up over her body. Yeah. So I think initially just when he walked in, he probably was like, oh, she probably just, you know, said, she was older. There was blood by the foot of the body. The face was bloody and the body had scratches on the stomach. That's what the responding police officer wrote. Right. It was a pretty brutal crime scene and murder. And as I mentioned, they did find uh, there were the back. I think it was the back door was broken yep. in. So there was, you know, glass yep. everywhere. So they, you know, once they finished processing the scene, they knew that somebody broke in and uh, she was badly beaten and was stabbed and strangled as well. So she was stabbed it, six times in the abdomen. Mm-hmm. Pretty violent. This was a pretty, pretty violent situation. So, you know. Oh, and in the eye once. That's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. She was stabbed in the eye also. I, you know, I don't. I think the profilers would would have something to say about this um, pretty violent crime, um, especially if the person didn't didn't know Virginia Hannon. And uh, what's interesting too is that this is 1984. So when did we say? When did you say DNA became a thing? It was like 75 oh, or 85. Uh, so yeah, it, it was actually it was like about 
still 10 years or so, it was still really infant. It was still, I don't even think they, they knew um, what they were collecting. I, I don't, right. it was still way off uh, from what we talk about, you know, collecting DNA specifically. Mm-hmm. And apparently this was the first homicide in 10 years to happen in this little town. Yes. So plum- it's pretty impressive that they collected yeah. what they did. We're going to talk about what they collected. Yeah, this is Plymouth County, which is uh, down by Cape Cod. Hey, <laughs> we yeah. used to live there. Yeah, and um, that this is kind of what's the highlight of this case. In 1984, they collected physical evidence. And actually, the DA, district attorney, actually recently said had commented on that. Um, great police work. So they're collecting physical evidence at the time, and they don't they don't know what's gonna. Um, did we give it away that there's a DNA piece to this? Did we do that already yet? Did we? Did I did I do it? I can't. I can never wait. I always want to get to the DNA. Yeah, that's not a big deal. I oh, mean, okay. we, they, we're, we're talking about how they collected DNA. We haven't gotten to the. <laughs> it's right. not really a big DNA case. Okay, but anyway, so okay, so they're at the crime scene and they collect uh, physical evidence. Okay, they didn't realize the possibility that of DNA at the time. But mm-hmm. so for example, they, they collected some, the clothing, obviously, um, objects, um, that they probably, maybe they looked at all the knives. Um, but in particular, they collected bloody paper towels mm-hmm. and other items that aren't mentioned from in the, the kitchen. And they right. found some bloody paper towels in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So they collected that. They said, oh, well, Hey, here's, a, here's what the investigator was probably thinking. Bloody paper towels, probably, Bad guy wiped the blood off and we could at least see what blood type he is or something like that. That's that's what they're thinking. Uh, They also collect nylon stockings. It was unclear if there was blood on them, but there is DNA Mm -hmm. that I read. So I'm assuming it's probably uh, blood. And then they also collect broken glass with Mm -hmm. blood on it from the door. So he probably... Scratched himself, cut himself pretty good when he kicked in the door. Yeah, so they're just thinking, collect physical evidence, right? Mm -hmm. They have glass broken. They need to preserve that to show, hey, this is where he broke in. So they're just processing the scene, doing a great job. Yeah, they did. Have no idea what's about to happen. Right. Or or 37 years later, actually. (laughs) Yeah, not just about. (laughs) 37 years. You know, they do a lot of... They do a lot of interviews. I think I mentioned like 50 interviews. Mm -hmm. This is not a very big town. She was really well known. Mm -hmm. Like I said, she was the lunch lady in the the local school and everyone loved her right down to the stray animals that I mentioned that she was feeding in the days following, Mm -hmm. you know, her death. They continued to come around (laughs) her house. She was loved by everyone. So this goes cold, uh, but it's still... It's still important to the t- the town and the people that are at the police department. And now, actually, we're going to fast forward to 2018. A couple of the officers actually went to school where she worked, mm-hmm. and they remember her pretty fondly. The prosecutors are going to end up working with forensic scientists in 2018 and a chemist from the Massachusetts State Police Crime Lab mm-hmm. to run tests and found DNA in Hannon's kitchen that genetically was male. So they were just testing it to see yeah. what it was genetically. This is, what year was this again? 2018. So I thought okay. that was kind of interesting that it took them that long. Yeah, so it's cold and to get probably to that. It could pass the, a couple of detectives and, and then all of a sudden they say, hey, let's let's go back and examine all the evidence. Right. So you remember now, 
as I said, they collected the evidence, and so now they're going to go pull it out of the evidence locker, and they're going to say, what can we get DNA off of? Mm -hmm. And that paper towel yielded DNA of, what'd you say? It was um, was genetically a a male. A male. So they said, oh, so we have a male. This was a pretty, I mean, 2018, as we've talked about in all Mm -hmm. of these cases, was a pretty big year. It seems as if everyone was like, you know what? Let's just go back. We got all this new stuff. So they do actually uh, try genetic genealogy. Genealogy, yeah, they did. And that, unfortunately, comes back with nothing. Negative. Yeah. You know, people people in that family line didn't didn't feel the need to put their their DNA into the Jed match, you know? Right. So, you know, we've talked about all of the good cases being solved with genetic genealogy. And unfortunately it didn't help this one, but it is not the end. (laughs) Right. So then in 19, so it's kind of funny. All of these things are happening uh, so close to each other and back to back. So in 2019, February of 2019, police announced that they're going to work to use a new technology to reconstruct something that happened 35 years ago. Now, it's not super clear what technology they're referring to and what they're going to reconstruct. I'm assuming it probably still has something to do with do with DNA. But it was very vague, and that was really all they said. Yeah, wasn't this the... But isn't this the... This wasn't the genealogy. The genealogy. It's not, no. They're not reconstructing, putting the family line together and everything? Unless they started it in 2018 and went into 2019, but... Everything I read said that the ge- genealogy came back with nothing in 2018. All right. And what did they say they were doing again? So they just said that they were working to use a new technology to reconstruct something that happened 35 years ago. I think that's the genealogy. So. I think it's just it's how it was reported. I think that's the maybe genealogy. Maybe they just reported it weird because everything yeah. I read, it seemed like those two were separate. So maybe that is just the genealogy. And they, they want to help draw attention to the police department. So some of the kids that I mentioned that went to school where she worked... Uh, worked at the police department and they ended up holding a vigil outside of the police station. They wanted to stir up some memories to help solve the case. So did they have any suspects at all in this thing? No. All they know, they had an unknown male DNA profile. That was 2018, Mm -hmm. but back in 1984, they interviewed people and they had no suspects. Nope. They no motive, nothing. No, yeah. They I mean they ran with the whole her inheritance thing. That was something they really dug into. Oh yeah, what's Bec- that? Uh so she had she had an aunt in California that she was really close with. She used to go visit all the time, like I mm-hmm. think once a year. And when she, her mm-hmm. aunt passed away, she left her three hundred and eighty thousand dollars. And Virginia ended up uh, retiring with that money. But she told everyone she she was pretty vocal about it and telling people, you mm-hmm. know, why she was retiring. I don't think it was like a bragging thing. She was just talking about her life and oh, telling I people in town. Because I inherited some money. Right. So everyone knew that she had yeah. inherited this large amount of money. And they thought there was some rumors that she kept it all in cash and it was in her bedroom and it was in the house. So they ran with that idea that it was a possible Robbery. However, the money was not in her house. It was in. She had it in the bank, mm-hmm. and the money had not been touched after she was murdered. The money stayed in the bank. No one accessed it. No one got to it, and there was nothing else taken from her home. So, so they probably, I mean, if that's kind of their theory that they were going with, they probably interviewed people that knew her, or you know, because if she was talking about this, then somebody. Somebody knew, and every, to everyone, maybe pass that information to somebody. 
So they they went they stayed local then probably um trying to they probably try to recreate where she was when when she was telling these stories and find right. witness find witnesses you know try, man they had nothing yeah <laughs> quite literally nothing they for nothing. 35 years and even you know 37 mm-hmm. okay so back to 2019 so this is this is what's interesting to me right so in February of 2019 is when they're holding this vigil and they're announcing that they're working. They're still working on the case. They're holding a vigil. They are trying to stir it up in the community. Right. Uh-huh. At the same exact time in 2019, a man by the name of Jesse Aylward. Aylward? I don't know. Yeah. Aylward? Aylward. Of Brockton. He c- is sick and he is confessing to his friend. Brockton, Massachusetts. Brockton, Massachusetts. Yeah. He is sick and he is confessing to his friend that he killed, killed someone in Pembroke. In Pembroke many years ago. So this is happening at the same time. I don't think he knows. There's no There's nothing that says that he knew about the vigil or anything. It's just a very big coincidence that this is happening. Mm-hmm. Right? Then February of last year, he dies. And the day after he dies, his friend goes to the Pembroke police. February of 20? The, yep. February of last year. February of 2020. Okay. And his friend goes to the police. The nec- it was the next day. The very next day. He died the very next day. Right. His friend goes to the police. So he's... Right. He went into the Brockton Hospital. This will come up in a second. To, <laughs> I thought that was pretty... He went yeah. to... He, was, he died. They must have taken him into the Brockton Hospital. Looks like he died of some sort of natural cause or something. So he, he goes to the Brockton hospital and that's where he dies. Yes. So he dies and the very next day his friend goes to the police, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And they get a warrant to get DNA from him yeah. from the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's the matter? What, so what, I just think it's funny. They go straight to the hospital. I like, guess he's still there. No. <laughs> they just go knocking that, on the hospital's door. No, they probably took blood. They drew blood. Uh, you oh, know, okay. They probably. The I've just proce- never heard of that. Yeah, the procedures that that they were doing, they probably had blood. Um, maybe his body was. It doesn't say. I, I don't feel like his body was in the morgue at the hospital. I, I feel like they had blood, so he got a search warrant. They got a search warrant. They did it properly, so they could go there and say, "We need blood samples from right. um, And they were able to take a swab from. From I blood. mean, I knew they had gotten a warrant, but the way, I guess maybe it was just the coincidence. It was really cool to me. I, the way I interpreted it when I read it was that mm-hmm. he was still in the hospital. No, it, well, I've just it, never heard of it, them no, going to the hospital. Yeah, for so that. the ho- hospitals have morgues, right? Yeah, until they get moved. I, it just doesn't sound like they went to the body and got DNA. It's it oh. said it said. Um, hold on, let me look at my notes. It said that they got it from blood, blood. From the Brockton Hospital, so I think oh. whatever blood they they took or whatever procedures they did, and drew, they went in and said, "Hey, we have a warrant. Do you have any any of this guy's blood?" And they had some, and they were able to get a swab oh. of it. That's well, that is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so it was a time <laughs> it was a cool. timeliness thing, right? They it, it happened to co- what yesterday? He died yesterday. Yeah. And they get a judge on the phone, and and I mean, it was probably the number one case, right? And they probably mm-hmm. were. Spared no expense and time, and come in, write up the affidavit, and get go get so go see the magistrate and get the get the search uh, yeah. search warrant. You know. After that, they end up matching the DNA 
uh, found at the crime scene from the glass that was broken from the door, mm-hmm. um, the bloody paper towels and the nylon stockings to Jesse Elwood's. Elwood. Elwood. Yeah. I, I don't know. He's the bad guy. <laughs> Who cares if we're messing up his name? I, yeah. <laughs> so they match the DNA. Yep. And they just released that a couple weeks ago. Right. So, so they knew this uh, um, last year, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing that says the timeline yeah. of... It just says February is when they but what happened is, got the confession. Is it doesn't give out... I what, mean, COVID was going on. No, so. but what also happened is they were ruling out everything else. So right. it, it says... The prosecutor said in his press release that that they, they ruled out everything else and everything points to this, this guy is the bad guy. So they probably had some open leads based on that... Um, you know, they wanted to make sure that DNA was was solid. So they probably right. closed the, the door. Is there is there any other DNA? They probably tested a whole bunch of other things, you, you know, blood and stuff, to make sure there was nobody else. There's probably a bunch of things that they did. But just just February, just a couple months ago, right, they they said, nope, he's the guy. It was, no, it was March. It was like the middle of March. Oh, March. Okay, yeah, March, all right. Yeah, it was like March. It was like the week of your guys's. Didn't we have birthday and anniversary? We had another case where they tracked it back to somebody who was dead, and they exhumed the body and took DNA, and then found out it was it was him. Yes, that was the Seattle one. Mm. All right, so so what's, what's interesting too is that he actually, so Jesse Elward actually grew up in um, the area by Virginia Hannon's house. So he he lived and grew up there uh-huh. um, on West Street. So that's literally right on her street where she lived. And he was never on the radar of police, they said. Yeah. This, so I don't. It was definitely probably something wrong. Um, I mean, this guy go, breaks in and bludgeons her, you know, stabs her. I mean, it just it seems kind of violent. Did he break in to rob the place and then she surprised him? You know, was she a, a, a tough cookie and she's maybe came after him and, and then he said, well, I had a, you know, a fight or flight and he had a... Or did he realize there was no money? Mm, that's possible so That's too. another thing that they said was that it kind of seemed like she was tortured for information on the money. That's yeah. another reason they were going with the robbery theory and when he realized that he either wasn't going to get anything out of her or that... The money wasn't there; it wasn't mm-hmm. in cash, and that's when he just killed her. So, what's the so, what's an important thing in a in a murder case that you usually have? Motive. Yep. So, this is why I mentioned the other case we did. This is one of those cases. This is they will never know the motive of this, right? And they have just these theories. He did also have a criminal past, but the police haven't released what that criminal past is. That was interesting. right. That one of the sh- one of the mug shots is like an old 1988 photo when he was arrested. Oh, four years later. Yeah. And then you mentioned the motive, how it's never going to be known. So the family members, some of the family members do believe that there is still someone that does have some information. Mm -hmm. They think that maybe there was another person or another friend that he confided in. Um, So police have said that they've exhausted everything and it is now closed. However, they are still welcoming any information anyone mm-hmm. may bring forward, be like a motive that's or a whatever. Good, that's a good point. Do you remember the case we did, the Girl Scout murder case? 
Mm-hmm. And there were three <laughs> girls that were killed, and, and we talked about, I don't know, it seems to me like they he might need help, and we I kind of gave you a theory of, okay, yeah. one, he bludgeoned one, and then chased the other down. This doesn't. This one doesn't sound like. It doesn't seem like there's more than one person. Yeah, I didn't think so either. You know the it crime didn't scene. Strike that to me. Yeah, and I'm more convinced that what they did is they went through all the evidence and ruled out any any other profiles. Yeah. Any other DNA profiles. I'm interested to know more about the friend who came forward. I feel like maybe he could <laughs> know more. Like. Why all of a sudden, I get, you know, he was sick, whatever, but he had another year to leave. Why wasn't it like a true deathbed confession? You know what I mean? Like, why did he tell his friend and he still had time to live? His friend could have turned him in at any time. Like, did why he tell he? he was, I mean, they're fr- I'm not making excuses, but they were friends. Hemming, he was, he was probably hemming and hawing. Look, the point, the, the fact that he went to the police the day after his friend died, yeah. it was probably weighing on him. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was probably weighing on him. Yeah, probably. Because he went the day after. I would be interested to know, like, who else knows? Like, what other friend was told? You're telling me that thirty, it took 37 years. He didn't tell a single and soul. In 37 yeah, so years. It, right. Yeah, that's a good point. He. He told someone, "Is is anybody out there with in possession of this information?" That that'd be nice yeah. to know if the police said, "Hey, if you got something, like you said, if they if you got something, we'll we'll take it because they could probably yeah. re- recreate what he was telling them." Because bits and pieces could have been told differently over the years to different people. You know, his friend that turned him in might have one side of the story, whereas you know, there's been something else that's mm-hmm. been told. Yeah. Because, uh, again, I feel like he had to have told someone else. Otherwise, why not wait until you're literally on your deathbed? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like he waited a year before he died. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't get it. And, you know, did they, did the prosecutor put any pressure on him and say, why you just, you know, will you just sit right there while we check the DNA? I don't understand it myself. Why? The friend. Yeah, why? I mean, if he had information to solve a murder. his DNA? I am assuming they had a full, detailed interview with him. Right. You know, I mean, this could be a new friend. We don't We don't know. They're keeping this quiet. We don't know if it was a long-term. If it was a friend from high school, yeah, you know, maybe they should have taken his DNA, man. I don't know. Yeah. Do you? So in normal, is it weird to you that he wasn't, he hasn't been arrested, at least to our knowledge, that they didn't say that they were arresting him for not, you know, obstruction of justice or whatever. Uh, Is that a thing? Is that? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it makes you, it's the, it's the one item in this case that makes you go, hmm, right? I want to know, right, like why, my, if I was the investigator, my first question would be, why are you just telling us this now? Like, I want to know his motivation, I think you're right. It was probably weighing on I him. think you're right. The day after he dies, he couldn't he couldn't handle. So does that mean for a year he was asking his his buddy, what do you mean? Who'd you kill? And he was collecting information or Yeah. or a year ago did he get this confession and he wasn't he's like, "Yeah, whatever. You killed someone, sure, whatever." Mm-hmm. You, you, 
No, wait a minute. So I feel it, like if that was the case, he wouldn't have even gone. How to was the it police. a deathbed confession if it happened a year earlier? I'm saying it wasn't. That's my point. I'm yeah. saying why wouldn't he wait for a deathbed confession if he? That's my point. Is he didn't wait for that? He yeah. told someone a year before he died. So that makes me believe that he had been talking to people for longer. Because yeah, if, there's if gotta you be don't want people to saying? know yeah. why, if if you need to tell someone so bad uh-huh. but you don't want to get caught. Why not just wait till you're on your deathbed? Yeah, it doesn't. It's something that doesn't really make sense. Um, you know what? What did his buddy do for a year? Yeah, that's that's what I'm interested to know. Hey, remember when you told me? So he was sick at the time when he told him that. I think that's what it said. Yeah. Hey, remember when you were sick that day, and you told me you killed somebody in Pembroke? What was that all about? Mm-hmm. You know, like collecting. Either that or he, it weighed on him so heavily. Like he did tell him one time and he mm-hmm. gave him all the information that one time and then it weighed on him so heavily. I don't think if he had just, if he had heard it and then not believed it, I don't think he would have the next day after he died gone to the police. Because if he didn't believe him, he'd be like, yeah, that crazy dude told me that thing one time. Yeah, I don't understand that. So um, I want to know more. I want to know more about the friend. <laughs> yeah. And, I want to know and, that story. You know, probably the prosecutor said, okay, or the police, whomever. All right, well, you just sit right here and let us go check some things out, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how do you know him? What was the context of the, the conversation? What did you say after that? Oh, then what happened? When he, yeah. got out of the, when he got out of the hospital, what, what happened? Are you, you know, are you over his house for dinner every week? And, and you kind of, hey, him. man, He's come on. You're not, you. hey, come on, you. You're not going to tell me what you were talking about? Like, did he ever say, oh, no, I was I was hallucinating? Like, there's, there doesn't seem to be any follow-up there, and I agree with you. I want to know more about him, too. Yeah, I want to know if he... And the way he tells... The way they tell the story is that he... Jesse tells him, I killed a woman in Pembroke all those years ago. Uh-huh. So that kind of makes me believe that the friend maybe wasn't from Pembroke, or he didn't know them. No. Because otherwise, I, why wouldn't he just say her name? Because it was a small town. It's not a very. It wasn't a very big town. Everyone knew her. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, that so that's unclear too. How did how did we get to Virginia Hand and just from he said he killed someone. Right. You know, like I, I mean, I guess it, did he say in 1984? And that was the only. Obviously, murder. they're not releasing some information. Right, but they had a detailed. They must have made a deal with him. Yeah, or that, or they had a detailed, detailed interview with him, right? And mm-hmm. he says, "Look, this is what he said to me, and then this is what I asked him, and it happened over the next couple of months after that. I asked him, and he told me, and it's been weighing heavy on me." Yeah, they probably made a deal to like not release any of that or mm-hmm. his name or anything, which I'm sure yeah. her family wants to know. So that is unfortunate. We will never know, but. DNA saved the yeah, day again. Saved the day, yeah. And good police work. No, that's a good point. Um, it was all of it is, combined. Yeah, this was, uh, so 1984, good police work. And the mm-hmm. district attorney actually said that. You know, they collected physical evidence, and that was was key. They, they know what they were supposed to be collecting, and they know they had preserved things with blood on it and such, and but they could not have known that 37 years later, like, DNA would be the thing. 
Yeah, that they would be taking it to and comparing it to a dead person also. I like I wrote down a quote that that the district attorney, Tim Cruz was the district attorney Mm -hmm. or is. He's the one right now. He wrote the or he said in a in a statement, the pros and cons of time are that cases usually don't get better, but but fortunately science does. Yes. That's what he that's what he said. So remember we did some cases, you know, the fifties and sixties. They weren't collecting physical evidence like this, and now the in the eighties, they were collecting the physical evidence, and they did, they did a great job, and they preserved it, and they obviously had enough DNA to continue and do testing. So they did a real good job. Yes, round of applause for science and good police work, mm-hmm. and people with a conscience to come forward. Man, I just, not having motive has to be annoying for the community, you know. Why did somebody break into this woman's home and then just brutally beat her, strangle her? One of the things I read, one of the police officers actually said that the minute this happened, the minute she was killed and her home was broken into, you could hear locks across the town as in everyone started locking their doors. Yep, I grew up west of Boston. In the town, and we, ne- we never locked our doors growing up. I don't think anybody did in those days. Probably not, which is why yeah. we are here. A good, <laughs> good point. Um, that's why there's a lot of unsolved. That's cases. why we have a true crime podcast, right? Yeah, that's why we're talking about all these cases. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, were- they br- broke in. God, I, so there's no, there was no assault, like sex assault or anything. It was just not that I yeah, read. Just, so I, I like your. Your theory that, you know, he went in looking for, where's the $300,000? Like, what a moron, too. Well, I mean, even in 1984, people were putting that in the bank, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, oh, hey, where's the $308,000? Well, know. she was old. I'm 59. Yeah. I mean. And then he started slapping her around, beating her, and strangled her. And Well, it wasn't like, my theory. That was what I read, no, I know, but I agree but with it. Strangling and stabbing, like, that's pretty um pretty violent pretty emotional pretty um someone's pretty upset about something money can make people emotional yeah so i think that's probably a true a true yeah. theory they just he just sta- stabbed and strangle like which one comes first you know well their theory was the theory was that it was a torture kind of thing and that's yeah I mean, he yeah stabbed I, her I, eye, that's right so. that's what you said so i i think yeah. that's probably i think that's probably correct i i like your your idea um, where's the money? You know, where's the three hundred thousand? Moron! This this guy's a moron. I also read that it was. Uh, they believed it was possible that he was already at home. Remember, I said she went out yeah. to mass and then dinner with her friend. They believed that he was possibly already in the home waiting. Oh for yeah, her. yeah. This is this is um, this happened in another case we talked about. Mm-hmm. The, you know, this is not uncommon. They they bust in and wait wait for her to get home. You know, which like I. Remember the Alaska boat? They they he was already on the on the he killed one person. He was already on the that boat. That was what your theory was. I don't necessarily. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, well that, I didn't but, believe well, that. that. That's that's what what probably that's a good theory here too. That makes sense here. Oh, sorry. Right. That makes sense here, but because he broke in, right? So right. he had to break glass and and get in the back door. So that's going to make noise and stuff. So. That's probably more accurate. Right. But I don't know how, like, 
neighbors someone breaks in like how long was he waiting i i need to hear from the friend that turned him <laughs> in i and you know what it drives me crazy about people no one knows how to ask questions right so i feel like the friend didn't know how to ask these questions you know i'm nosy and i i ask questions so i would be like yep. well you know like what time was it was it dark did she not hear you how long were you in the house they probably did this they probably you think the friend asked those questions how long were you in the house for no how long were you waiting for that's that's me right but what i'm saying is when when he shows up and says did he go to the police department is that where he went where he determined yeah he went to the pembroke police department the next day and so obviously you're right the very next day he yeah. goes, so he didn't think about it because he'd already been thinking about it, right? Obviously. So he had some details, and they said, okay, sit down, have a seat. Let's go through this. What happened? When? They probably slowed him down and said, okay, tell us what what happened when. So they're asking all those questions, and obviously they got enough information to rule out anybody else and determine that he was the guy. Yeah. That Or his friend was the guy. He had more details, and I don't know. I can't find it anywhere. Yeah, they're not releasing it. I, like yeah. I said, I think they probably made a deal with him, but gotta ask those questions. <laughs> I hope, right? Did he? Did he say, "Look, I hope I, that I'm they, only going to tell you the true story, or the or the the rest of the story, if you can guarantee me that I won't get in trouble for not turning them in before." Not even just in trouble, but I wouldn't want what? my information out to the public either. Well, hold on. So I could look it up, but obstruction that the um. Statue, it oh. might have been, you know, let me look it up. Oh, for Massachusetts, Statue of Limitations? Yeah. Yep. Well, he didn't know until a year pr- prior. So it's not like he knew for the last 37 years. He only knew for a year. And does knowing really, does that? Oh, matter? that's a good That's a good point. Yeah. Usually the statute is six years in state courts and five years in federal courts. For knowing information? Yeah, with the exception of crimes against children, Sex offenses, certain violent crimes, and murder. So, so just no, knowing information. Yeah, because it's a murder, there's no um, statute of limitations. Aren't so. there some states that have statute of limitations on murders? Or is it just no, rape? No, there's no statute of limitation on murder. And typically, the and, Golden and, State Killer, there's a statute of limitations on some of his rapes. Right, and that's not murder. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. It's on both. No, you said murder. And then I said rape. <laughs> I said both. <laughs> Don't listen. All right. So, yeah, that's that's the piece that we won't know. And motive, we won't know motive either. Unless um, someone out you know, there knows. Yeah. Someone out there, he talked to someone else. And they just need to go to the Pembroke Police Department. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if people are listening, if you have information, too, we want them to go to the Pembroke Police Department. Just to just to kind of polish it up. They're, they're saying it's closed. And that's that's nice. But. You know, it'd be nice if they could really polish up the... I don't know that they'll have motive. I feel like they have enough from this guy. But, I mean, if there's any other information that they could piece together, like Mm -hmm. they said that they were welcoming... Okay. Any information. Hold on, I want to get the Pembroke Police Department. Obviously, if anyone is listening um, that has the information, the Pembroke Police Department is still accepting... Any and all information. It is a closed case, but they still, you know, the family, everyone still wants to know there could be other pieces left behind. The Pembroke Police Department's phone number is 781-293-6363. And I'll put that on the Instagram also. It, I feel like if if there's another friend of this guy, that's where the information might be. But yes. this is publicized. So 
you know, if you if you saw it in the news, and now if you listen to our podcast, just and, and you have additional information, just go share it with them. Right. Which and this is what the point of us doing this mm-hmm. is to get the information out because you know the press but, conference isn't going to say if you still have information, no, please but, call us. But if if he had told somebody else as well, mm-hmm. they would know that he's dead now, and then he's been accused of um. Right, but our point is for us to encourage people to still come yes. forward. Yes, yes, he's dead. Yes, we know who did it. The family would still like the information, mm-hmm. any okay. other information. So yep, that is what we're here for. Awesome. Okay, so that is it for that case. Thanks again for listening this week, guys. If you are enjoying listening to us, please go to Apple Podcasts, give us a rate and review. Like we say every week, we love hearing from you guys. You can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast. And then you can also leave a message for us and a rate and review on anchor.fm. So we love hearing from you guys and we'll see you next week. All right. Later. Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's federal law enforcement agency. I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. <laughs>